everybody. Welcome back to the Pause Podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm here with Mari. Um, we are on day 21 yeah. of our 30-day look at the book and the narrative of Mark. Um, just a reminder of who we are and what our mission is. Um, we believe in the soul, um, and we believe in carving out space to pay attention to your soul. And so we pray that the past uh, six weeks have been just that. Um, well, I guess at this point, it's week five. Yeah. Week four. Um, yeah. All right. So we are on Mark chapter 12. So we're going to kind of zoom in on a couple of verses um, in that story. Um, so Mari, do you mind reading? It's verses 41 through 44. Sure. So it's the widow's offering. It says, and he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Thank you. Um... Okay, let me zoom out for just a second and talk about where they are. <laughs> so they're in the temple. That's the setting, um, which we, we've talked a lot about the temple and what it is and what it means. Um, so Jesus is teaching in this moment in the temple. And right before these verses, as he's teaching, he says, beware of the scribes, which I love that that phrase. Um, so scribe, we've talked about, I think, Mari, you described them as like the JV. <laughs> The Chief what? priests, the JV, like the oh, yeah. um, junior varsity. Junior Pharisees. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they handled like the implementation of the law. So they were your guys like running around with clipboards, regulating, double checking everything. Okay. Um, and then I love the word beware. And um, in Greek, it's it's saying like discern, perceive. Okay. Um, so that like, it's like a warning. Beware connotes a warning. It's so beware so of these guys. Beware. And I love it because like Jesus is in their territory. <laughs> like he's in the temple and he's saying, beware of the scribes. Like beware out loud, he's like pointing at him. Yes. Hey, that guy, look out for him. <laughs> um, and then he goes on to say why. Um, and he kind of picks them apart. He's like, they like to walk around in long robes and they think that sets them apart. Um, they like to receive greetings. They like recognition. They want the best seats in the synagogues and the place of honor at feasts. It's just like, man, complete opposite of first will be last. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> um, they exploit widows. Um, they really took advantage of people who had less than um, or who needed help. Um, and then they pray just to show off. So Jesus kind of lists like, um, this is why you should be aware of the scribes. He was saying this earlier in chapter 12. This is like right before okay. we meet the widow, like right before. And so this is all like so cringy. Yeah. Like I hear the actions and behavior of the scribes and it just like ugh, makes yeah. me cringe. But it, And it's not just cringy. And Jesus literally says like right after this, right after he describes them, he says, they will receive the greater condemnation. <laughs> so they're, they're fake. Yeah. They care only for themselves. They're a mockery of the kingdom. And Jesus's warning feels clear. No, no, no. Like beware of these guys. Don't be like them. They're hypocrites. This isn't faith. And then I love that Jesus shows us what is. Yeah. 
And so he sits down across from the treasury where he watches his people put in their offering. And I love that he's in the court of the women. Um, so like we talked about, the temple has like four kind of courts, like the court of the Gentiles where he overturned tables. Oh, cool. Um, the, courts, the court of the yeah. women, court of the Israelites, and then the Holy of Holies. So that's where they are right now. So the treasury is in the court of the women or like they're in, yes. do they each have their own treasury? I think at this point, that's a good question, but at this point it says that they're in the treasury, like the treasury is in the court of the women. Oh, cool. So, um, and it says many rich people put in large sums. Uh, so they're giving, which is great. Let's give them that. <laughs> and they're giving large amounts. Um, but then Jesus sees and turns his attention to a poor widow who puts in two small copper coins. And <laughs> so the amount that she puts in is one 128th of a denarius which is a day's wage. One 128th, that is like a crazy <laughs> fraction. Like why do they even have those coins? I, I don't even know. So it's like valued at a fraction of a cent. So basically to us, it's like she put in nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I love this. I was reading some commentaries and it was like, how did Jesus know what she gave? Yeah. Besides the fact that he was Jesus. Or that like um, that that's all she had. Like for all he knows, right. she's like, rich and she... is like, meh, take these Meh. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. So it says, this is cool. I didn't know this, but there were 13 different chests in the temple, each dedicated to like a specific offering. Oh, cool. Um, and so there was like a priest that kind of stood there. Um, and there's a lot of study here. I'm very like simplifying it, but there's an attending priest who would examine the currency. So he would kind of like, hey, let me see what you got. Inquire about the purpose of the gift and then verify that it was like going to the right place. And then you would deposit in like the appropriate like offering been a receptacle or whatever. That feels really intrusive. Maybe that's just because I'm American and I'm like, privacy is well, important, but it's like, don't look at my yeah. money. <laughs> well, imagine how this woman felt. I know. That's so shameful. Like how, yeah. Right. Like, yeah. If she felt like embarrassed or like he probably didn't make her feel great. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, He's like, great, so, thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks, and <laughs> I'm sure he was like obnoxious if you just read kind of like, I mean, I can't put this on this guy, but like even what Jesus just said about the religious, like he probably made her feel small and insignificant, mm, you know? And Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, maybe the appearance of the woman betrayed her poverty. You know, I'm sure she didn't look like she had a lot. Um, and then I love this in a commentary. It was like, you know, how did Jesus know? what she gave if he's kind of sitting at a distance. And it was like, maybe it's like the sound of the coin hitting the bottom of the chest. Like she didn't pour, like spend a lot, like a lot of time pouring in all of her money. She mm. probably just up there, dropped a coin in and walked away. And so this is like a teaching moment for Jesus. Um, this is a teaching moment. This is an opportunity for him to like, hey, beware of the scribes mm -hmm. and be like this widow. <laughs> And this tells us so much about Jesus. I know we talk a lot about this this season, but this tells us so much that he is not concerned with religious show. Mm -hmm. He is concerned with the heart. And I also think that it's a point and a lesson here. And this is kind of what I, like my mind went when I was reading this is like, you will learn from the people you least expect to. Yeah. <laughs> so like pay attention to the ones quietly in the shadows, in the margins, the ones like not causing a scene. You will learn from them. They're the ones that will show you what it means to love me. I like imagine Jesus, Jesus he feels like he's like people watching here. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. like an airport, you know, or like, at, you know, they're, he's just watching people do their things. And he's like, hey, 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 look at that woman right there. Yeah. She has put in more than all of those who are contributing. 
for they are contributing out of their abundance, but she is out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. I wonder if he said it loud enough for her to hear as like an I encouragement. Know. Like if the scribe had just made her feel really crappy about it, if he was like, yes, she's better than all these people to like make her yes. feel good. I like to think that. I want to know so much about her. Like as I like pick apart this story, I'm like, I want to know about her, yeah. you know, and what her life circumstance was. Obviously, she was a widow, uh, but I, like, what's the story, you know? And yeah, because um, we we learn so much from her, but she doesn't have a name, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just some thoughts from this widow and her offering that it's not about the amount given, but it's about the cost to the giver. Yeah. So others gave what they could spare, right? Like. The rich gave a ton, but it didn't mean anything to them. Yeah. She spared nothing. They contributed out of abundance. She gave out of poverty. Mm -hmm. And I I like to, I said, I think I've talked before how like part of my practice in reading scriptures to read the message version too. And the message version said, all the others gave what they would never miss, but she gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) Um, And it kind of got me thinking too about like what made her give. Um, cause it sounds like if you were living, if you were extremely poor and the fraction of a cent was giving what you couldn't afford, <laughs> like what made her, like, it must've been her faith and trust that God would provide for her that day, right? Yeah. Like my daily bread. And then the day after that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I thought that was like, man, what trust and faith that God Seriously. would provide that day. Um, so, um, okay. So. I was trying to think of this like in today's context or maybe just like about me and this idea that she gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. Um, And, you know, I think that I like live an abundant life. Like I have so much, so much more than I need, but do I give out of that abundance? And I, I think I'm thinking specifically about like actual giving, you know what I mean? Not just like giving emotionally or mentally, you know what I mean? Like actually giving financially. Yeah. yeah, Financially. Yeah. And this idea, like, do I give extravagantly what I can't afford? And so to me, even thinking about that, like that feels careless, Mm, you know, like unwise, like in the days of like Dave Ramsey and every dollar, (laughs) which is like a budgeting app I use. It's like considered unwise to give more than you can afford. Right. Um, Or is it, you know? Yeah. And so anyway, that just was like a thought of, but maybe that's actually what it means to live abundantly. Like in God's economy, it's the posture of giving that reveals faith, you know? Yeah, like giving sacrificially. Yes. Obviously means something very different to someone like you who's not already impoverished. Like you would have to give a, a much more significant amount to be at the brink of poverty. Right, where it would be maybe um irresponsible. Um mm-hmm. it's funny you mentioned Dave Ramsey. So we were chatting with a friend the other night who mm-hmm. works for Dave Ramsey and he was saying something we were talking about money and about mm-hmm. um Drew and I have been talking a lot about, you know, generosity and like how to find that delicate balance between yes. generosity and wisdom. Yes, totally. Um it's like such an like an adulty thing that mm-hmm. um and he was saying, well, so one thing that Dave always says, Dave Ramsey, one thing Dave, Dave always says is that money just amplifies who you already were. 
So like if you were a stingy person in poverty, then like all money will do is just highlight that you are that way. You'll just hoard more of it than you did before. If you were a generous person before you had any money, you'll be a like a just a generous person that can give more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like about your heart and your mindset. Yes. And it made me yes. think of, have you That's seen, good. there was this story sort of circulating like on social media and stuff. Um, a homeless man returned a wallet he had found, like somehow he found a wallet with $2,000 in it and he returned hmm. it to the owner somehow. And the owner gave him like a huge sum of money as a thank you. Mm. Like, wow. And he, yes. the man immediately took that money and, oh, I think the guy had dropped it right there that he saw him because this was all caught on film. Okay. He immediately okay. took that money and he went and he bought lunch for all of the people in like sort of his homeless community who were on his mm-hmm. block. He just went yeah. and bought, you know, like 20 lunch plates and he just went around distributing them. Which oh, I just I love think that. is like yes. the most beautiful thing. And like sort of, yeah, I guess like a modern day example of sort of what Jesus is calling out there that like this widow gave out of what she didn't have. This this man finally had yeah. some money and then he chose to be generous with it and he chose to mm-hmm. feed his friends. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. like he had a generous spirit to begin with and the money just amplified that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I love that. And that's, I mean, essentially that's Jesus's point, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's about the heart yeah. and this is what... Um, and money in your hands is just a tool, you know, like, how are you going to use it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I just like, I don't know. I keep thinking like for a person like me and like you that I wouldn't consider us people in poverty, you know, mm-hmm. and what does this look like, you know, and what does this look like to, to give, um, out of what we have or and don't have, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I guess I think I keep tossing that question around in my head of like, what does this look like for me? Who's not on the brink of poverty and it's not about a large amount, but it's about like a generous spirit, you know? Yeah. Um, which kind of moves us into the first question, um, kind of around this topic of generosity. Um, what does generosity look like in your life or your offering, your giving? Um, does it cost you something? Yeah. And just the idea, like, do you give extravagantly what you can't afford? So yeah, it is a conversation that Drew and I have been having a lot lately. And mm-hmm. um, I feel like the people I see who do it well, um, mm-hmm. I, I'm more visual. So I picture it as people who receive whatever money comes their way, whether they mm-hmm. it's a little bit or a lot, they receive it with open palms yeah. and then it just kind of bounces off of their hands. That's good. Um, yeah. To, um, and they say yes when people ask them for things. Like they're the ones that always mm. say yes when someone, um, you know, maybe on the side of the road is asking for money. They always yeah. say yes. Um, mm. And it makes me think of that. Um, I don't know why I think it's Helen Keller who said this. Probably. She was awesome. That um, no one's ever been made poor from giving? Oh, maybe. I don't know. 
Fact check. That seems like like (laughs) we'll include it in the. She's not like a financial (laughs) expert, but (laughs) she was super wise. She was wise, so maybe it was her. Anyways, there's someone said that quote (laughs) that no one's ever been made poor by giving. Or Mother Teresa could have said that too. I don't know why I thought it was Helen Keller. I'm gonna do a quick Google while you answer. Yeah. (laughs) Oh look, a live fact check. (laughs) We will let you know. Um, Yeah, I've just been thinking too. Um, let me see how this thought comes out. I like, what would giving and being generous require? Of, like, what would it look like if it wasn't just like a drafting out of my bank account? Um, cause I've got like compassion. Who is it? Did you, did you see it? <laughs> it's, <laughs> Anne, it? <laughs> it's Anne Frank. <laughs> <laughs> it was that's close. Not even close. Not even close. I not knew it was a girl. Close. That's that's hmm. the only thing. Yeah, they're right. women. They have stories. Anyway, well, good. Anne Frank, thank you. Again, wouldn't have thought of Anne Frank as like a, a an authority on generosity, but oh man, we could go down that road. Could, I love that woman. Anyways. I have a lot of thoughts about her. Anyway, um, sorry. Continue. So, yeah. So I've been thinking about like what does giving look like for me? That like because I've got a like that doesn't involve just just accounts, like drafts out of my bank account. Yeah. And like what I mean by that is like, I've got a few places I give to that I don't even think about. <laughs> I just have, I give to them and that's awesome because I believe in the organization. Yeah. Obvious, obviously. But every month it just draws out and I, I keep oh, going. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like is I, there an element of intentionality yes, to yes. generosity or to yes. sacrificial giving to, in order sure. to be sacrificial? <clears throat> Should it be intentional, which makes sense, yeah. right? That yeah. like, right. And I'm, yeah. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, you know, but I just have like, as we're talking that just popped into my head. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't miss that. You know, it just kind of comes and goes. And yeah. I think, I mean, compassion is one of them. I love compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have sponsored a, um, a really cool young man in Rwanda. And when I write letters to him, well, like there's a relationship there, yeah. you know, and, um, but it is convicting to me now. I'm like, do I just give my money without like missing it or thinking about it? You yeah. know what I mean? So anyway, I That's think that's an interesting to, thought. Yeah. About yeah. It is so easy with technology yes. to have it just, it's not even like you gave it. It's like that you didn't receive it to <laughs> begin <did>. with. <laughs> right. It's just like it never even like yes. it just kind of bounces in and out of your bank account. I don't I know, make, but that's a good right. thought, like the intentionality yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. Like I didn't make a conscious choice. Yeah. I just have set something up on a website and then that's it, you know, yeah. instead of like, but what that, have like, I received? If you had like a reminder on your phone that was yeah. like to write the check every month, right? then at least like, you know, it takes 10 minutes more, but like if you're writing mm-hmm. the check or mm-hmm. like doing your online donation, I guess writing a mm-hmm. check is insane. These days. Yeah, it's like, does this sound archaic or is this what? <laughs> Get some cash uh, from the ATM, put it in an envelope, and ship it to Rwanda. <laughs> yeah, but is this then, archaic like, for those or? like five to 10 minutes, mm-hmm. you would have your attention and your heart and your mm-hmm. posture turned towards what's his name? Um, Daniel. Daniel, you would be you'd be turning your heart in attention towards Daniel for yeah. you know ten minutes a month more than you were before. That's interesting because yeah. I have I the just, same thing. We we have two compassion kids, mm-hmm. and it is it's an auto draft thing. Mm-hmm. In every month when I go over our budget, it's in like sure. check check check. Yeah, well that 
paid itself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a totally different. Yeah. And when, you know, talking about budget, um, when I think about my budget, I'm always like, okay, bills first. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. all right, mortgage, bills, food, car. Okay, what can I give? You know what I mean? Yeah, and so what if we sense. what if we flip that, you know, and mm-hmm. um, or what if I flip that just as I'm talking? Um, yeah, that's good. Food for thought. Yeah, for sure. Um, so question number two, uh, I feel like we've been talking about this and you brought it up. I think you answered it pretty much with your like Dave Ramsey quote, but um, how does your faith connect with your giving? Um, like, do you give isolated from your relationship with God? Mm-hmm. Um, is that such a thing? Um, but how do those two like connect in your life, if that makes sense? Yeah, I've noticed that there seems to be a direct correlation between mm-hmm. um, like my begrudgingness when it comes mm-hmm. to generosity and the time I've been spending with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, that when I start to feel either like panicked about finances or like clenching about it, yeah. like, oh, maybe I should just say no. Oh, I can't believe that yeah. Like I'm expected to do this or that. Mm-hmm. or whatever, or trying to like get out of things. Mm-hmm. It seems to be the times where I've like been less mm-hmm. um, connected to the source, which makes sense yeah. if like, if every good and perfect gift is from mm-hmm. heaven, then yeah. generosity is one of those. Um, so yeah, it is directly correlated that I'm not a very... I think I'm a generous person, but I'm intentionally and peacefully generous. Yeah. When um when I'm connected. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I agree. And I think for me, so much of it is connected to my beliefs and what I believe about God. Mm-hmm. Um because so I was really struck by this woman. I think you only give um when you are confident and you trust that God will provide or that God is just your ultimate provider. He's Jehovah yeah. Jireh, right? He's the great provider. And so um, I think sometimes I can clench and be like, oh, if I give too much, I'm not going to have enough for myself. But yeah. that's like living out of scarcity and not abundance. Yeah. And so um, I think that always convicts me. It's like it, what I believe about God is that portrayed and in, in how I give. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. Um. Okay, well, let's move to our mindfulness. Okay. Um, today I wanted to pay attention to the body um, and do a body scan. Um, we've done a couple of these in seasons and episodes past. Um, so it's pretty much what it sounds like. We sit quietly and we scan our body and pay attention to our body. And even what Mari just kind of talked about, this connectedness to the spirit, a lot of that's physical. And um, so we're going to do that today. Um, and just a reminder, as with any mindfulness practice, it's totally normal um, and expected that your mind will wander. Um, you'll get distracted. Um, so when you notice that that's happened, just simply guide your attention back to your breathing. It's this like repeated guiding back from distraction that actually builds the new neural pathways and helps our brain become healthier and stronger. So get into a comfortable seated position. So let's start by bringing your attention into your body. And if you're able to go ahead and let your eyes drift closed. 
Feel the weight of your body wherever you are seated. Noticing the spots where you're touching the chair or the floor. Take a few deep breaths. And as you take another deep breath, feel your lungs expand with oxygen and imagine it spreading life throughout your body. And as you exhale, have a sense of relaxing more deeply. So inhale, exhale. Now turn your attention to your feet on the floor. Notice the sensations of your feet touching the floor. The weight, the pressure, the vibration, the heat. You can notice your legs against the chair the pressure, pulsing, heaviness, lightness. Notice your back against the chair. Bring your attention into your stomach area. If your stomach is tense or tight, let it soften. Take a breath. Notice your hands. Are your hands tense or tight? See if you can allow them to soften. Notice your arms. Feel any sensation in your arms. Let your shoulders be soft, dropping away from your ears. Notice your neck and your throat. Let them be soft, relax. Soften your jaw. Let your face and facial muscles be soft. Then notice your whole body present, thrumming with life. Notice your mind carrying you through this meditation. Notice your emotions reacting to each instruction. Wrap your arms around your beautiful multidimensional self and squeeze. This is your one body living its one life. Be thankful for the whole of it. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes.
Thanks for joining us today. If you're looking for show notes to follow up on any references we may have shared, you can find those in the episode description or by going to our website at www.thepausepodcast.com, where you can also find links to our social media, along with a handy guide to subscribing or leaving a review. Thanks for listening.